Speak your mind. The rest will follow. Mm. Thank y'all for coming out. It's Friday night, and we are very excited to be here with you all at the downstairs. Let's give a shout out to Ashley Watershed downstairs. Yes. So we are your hosts, Gladira. It's Bianca. How you guys doing? We're here from Speak Your Mind Sis Podcast. It is a podcast that we started um, exactly five episodes ago, a whole handful. So let's celebrate that. Can I get a sh- Can, can I get, I get some a snaps? Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's an opportunity for Bianca and I to kick it to talk about important issues, topics in the community. Um, Mm -hmm. Talk about some BBBs out there, you know, like uh, both Bianca and I (laughs) like to represent the black boss babes and, you know, all the boss babes doing it out there. Yeah. Um, So really, you know, that's what this this podcast has um, been born out of, is given a platform uh, f- to talk about the important issues in the community and to highlight. You know, um, we welcome all identities um, and then highlighting the marginalized. You know, I think that's real important. So tonight, so we're, we're it's National Poetry Month. Yes, and we are here to celebrate that. This episode will highlight poets, writers in the community, um, and uh, we have some special guests here today. Yes, yeah, so if you look in the audience, we have some people sitting over here, over there, people in the back. There's nobody back there, but that's okay. That's going <laughs> to fill up, B. That's going to fill up. I know. Um, so we're going to introduce our first guest. Yeah, well, um, and also, too, we want to shout out Buffalo Street Books. So All this right. episode, yes. Yeah, it's so important to support your local bookstore. Mm -hmm. Um, So this episode, we want to highlight that. This episode is brought to you by Buffalo Street Books, celebrating a decade as Ithaca's community-owned independent bookstore uh, located at the DeWitt Mall, 215 North Cayuga Street. Who here has been to Buffalo Street Books? All right. All right. Don't go ordering books on Amazon, please. Go to your local (laughs) bookstore. (laughs) And talking about Buffalo Street Books, so we have Amy reading here. Uh, She is the Buffalo Street Books board president. Amy, come on up. Let's talk to Amy. Thank you for having me. 
Thank you so much, Amy. So Amy, Amy's a writer, and Amy is the Buffalo Street Books president, board president. I've had the pleasure of serving on Buffalo Street Books as vice president, learned so much from Amy and your commitment. So tell us, Amy, tell, tell us a little bit about yourself and also tell us why it's important to support the local bookstores and everything that's happening in Buffalo Street Books. That was a big question. Yes. <laughs> I like to do that. <laughs> okay. Well, the shortest, simplest answer is that I am a writer. And when I publish the book that I'm working on now, I want there to be a bookstore at which I can read my work and sell to my readers. So on one level, it's extremely selfish of me to serve on the board and to keep this bookstore running. <laughs> but there's a much more complicated answer, which is that... You know, a bookstore is absolutely crucial in the life of readers and those of us readers who are also writers as a node in, or a, you know, a, a, a gathering point in the literary life. And just think about the times that you've been in a bookstore and maybe you've run into a friend and that friend has started to talk to you about the books in, that are stacked in her arms and maybe you've come home with a book that you didn't intend to come home with and read it and loved it. Or the times that you've attended a reading and have been just completely inspired and energized like I'm going to be after I leave this podcast uh, there's there's so many different ways that um, walking into a bookstore, being in the presence of other readers and writers, being in the presence of books where you can browse and where you can discover books, uh, sometimes serendipitously, sometimes just in this incredibly purposeful way through browsing that absolutely no website can replicate. That is crucial to uh, what it means to be a reader and what it means to be a writer. So I'm very passionate about having a bookstore in our community that uh, provides that food to everyone here. And um, you know, bookstores need our help. The economy, capitalism, is not set up to support independent book selling. And um, you know we, we can go at length into the reasons for that, into how Amazon has twisted the market for books, into the incredibly slim profit margin that exists for a store to sell books, how incredibly difficult it is to make a profit or to stay alive, to, to sustain, to break even just by selling books. So if it's so difficult and yet it's so valuable to a community, something is wrong. There's some kind of mismatch between um, the money, the price of books, and the value of books. So I think that's, you know, in a, in a very conceptual way, that is, as a board, what we're trying to bring together. The value of this bookstore and its place in the community and its ability to sustain itself through selling books. Now tell me, Amy, when did you first fall in love with reading? Okay, that's a difficult question because my last name is reading. It's called an acronym. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it means that the, the name is very apt. Um, you, uh, literally, I cannot answer that question. I have always loved reading. I learned to read very early. It's ridiculous. It's like if a, if a novelist were to write a character like me, it just wouldn't make any sense. I've always loved reading. Yeah. 
Wow. Now, was it always present? You know, it was uh, um, the accessibility of books was always present in your life? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, so my mom taught me to read very early. And there were lots, of, she, oh, she read to me, there were a lot of kids' books around. Um, it changed when I began to read on my own and when I was reading chapter books. There's this great scene in one of the Ramona books where Ramona's reading and she, um, her, her dad says, oh, it's time for you to go to bed. And, she, and he says, no, 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 don't tell me just one more chapter. And she's really happy because he's noticed that she's reading chapter books and that she's gonna try and ask for one more chapter. And I loved that scene and clearly I remember it um, because that wasn't my experience. Once I started reading on my own, I was on my own. So I would ride my bike down to the library and check out as many books as I could fit in my backpack and then ride home with this heavy backpack. Um, so, so for, you know, one of the, I think one of the things that happens to a lot of bookish kids is that you become really self-reliant um, and you also learn how to, like I was saying before, how to browse, how to find books in libraries. And that's what I did at an early age. <laughs> Woo! Thank you so much, Amy. And shout out to Buffalo Street Books. Please go visit Buffalo Street Books. Mm -hmm. um, visit their website. Order through their website. And if you need direction to that, we will have that on our show notes on www.speakyourmindsis.com. I had to include the www. <laughs> You're mad annoying. <laughs> How you feeling, B? You know, this light <laughs> in my eye, I feel like it's like beaming. Use it to your advantage. Turn right. your face. All right, girl. Peruse the crowd. I, right. I do want to say I am a little nervous. I don't know if you guys sense that but my armpits are sweating right now. Oh my God, our last guest, our last episode, she said she did not wear deodorant. How many of y'all out here don't wear deodorant? Like, I wanna get to that place. Y'all don't have to answer that, but you know, I'm like, I was really like impressed with that. And she, she smelled good, just say, I'm just saying, you know, we've been conditioned. That's for another episode. We've been conditioned to think we need deodorant, all right? Are we gonna sh are we gonna talk about our next our first guest? Yes. Okay. So I'm gonna introduce our first guest tonight. Her name is Peaches. Um, she's a teacher, poet, race relations specialist. Um, she grew up in New York City, um, Brooklyn. So shout out to Brooklyn. Um, an ordained chaplain and works with incarcerated people. So Peaches, would you like to come up and share? Yeah. So I wrote this book of poetry um, during the year 2017, right before we had a fire in our home and got burnt out. And I was fortunate because none of my paperwork and my poems got destroyed. So I was, and I used to type not use a computer, so it was a, a, a tricky situation. I'm gonna to read to you a poem called To Those I Love. It is very difficult to explain to you what it's like, but I'll try. I will start here and hope that you understand a little more about what I try to tell you every minute of every day. 
My love for you is like a rain falling on a lake, a hidden romance of a being coming back to meet itself again, an obscure window into a metaphysical world, an organic representation of the beginning that is intimately tied to the end. It is like a warm wind racing across the desert, lifting and carrying centuries of geological sorcery out across great distances, silently devastating and dispersing all that it is, and then refocusing and reforming, bearing forth a new, equally powerful whole. It is like the sound of the morning arising from the soft whisper into a, ch a chorus of life. It is a spiritual thing, an opening, a blossoming flower, both still and in motion at the same time. It is like the words of a prayer that float into the atmosphere and softly turn into the breath that someone takes in, filling the soul with the beauty of being alive. It is like a howling across the darkness that spirit speaks the words, I am here. Come curl yourself into the cadence of my voice and within the walls of my heart. It is like the wrapping of one body around another in the act of recreating and validating some ancient mathematical duality, organizing and sacralizing the timeless child-womb relationship that gave us our first memories of home. It is like warm water materializing. It is like warmth materializing out of hands held closely together, allowing us to realize that any two touching objects can spontaneously give birth to something magical, something that cannot always be seen, but can be intensely, passionately felt. It is like the sweet massaging breeze that pushes its way into, onto, and between the folds of the human body during the hottest part of any given day, uplifting the human chassis from a position of utter collapse into a position of cool, somatic pride. It is my love for you. It is like a gravitational force in search and attracting all things of weight and mass, like love, pulling the idea and the reality of who we are into its fields and exploding into galaxies in which the mind self can everlastingly soar. It is a tremor in the cosmology of being that turns the philosophical concept of I think, therefore I am, into I think, therefore you are, the object of my deepest affection. It is like a single gear that has no way to turn around without being gently, precisely, thoughtfully positioned next to its counterpart. Once done, their movement together become cardinal to their existence. The movement of one will not occur in any natural way without the other. My love is like a geometrical inversion, shaping a circle into infinity. No matter how compressed or elongated, no matter how brief time is on this plane, it will never come to an end. It will never come to an end. To those I love, to those I love, to those I love. Thank you. Give it up for Peaches, y'all. Wow. That was beautiful. Thank you. Oh my goodness, there was a part there, oh my God, where you said two things coming together to make one. Uh, and sorry, I, d I did not, 
I'm, I'm not quoting. No, 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 that's fine. Yeah. Um, but that really, that really grabbed yeah. me. Yeah. Um, what inspires you when you're, what inspires you in For, that process? In this particular writing? poem, I am, I am in awe at how much we can love somebody or anybody or many. I am in awe with that human quality that we take for granted. It's not just about love, it's about the ability to love that's amazing to the human animal and to other animals. And so I'm always trying to figure out, so how do you tell somebody? There are no words, you know how you always hear that? There are not enough words to tell people how much you love them. So I sat down and I thought, okay, I'm gonna figure out something, <laughs> you know? And so I wrote this poem. Wow, that was beautiful. Thank you. So Peaches, I didn't really, just, I just wanna let you guys know, I am not a poet, but sometimes I struggle with like where people take the audience mm -hmm. and I get lost mm -hmm. sometimes. So like I'm learning to like, like learn about poetry mm -hmm. and get into um, just like the deep part of it. Yeah. So what makes you go to that like deep space? It was, I think that the majority of it comes from, and I've always had this sense of loneliness in life. All of my life, I've had this sense of being absolutely alone. I think part of it was the neighborhood I grew up in, which was mostly white, racist. So we were very isolated in some ways. And I always felt very alone. And I, so I spent most of my time actually observing what was going on in the world and kind of internally observing how I was relating to the world. Mm -hmm. And that's where most of my inspiration comes from. That's awesome. What advice would you give to uh, those that are writing, that um, are in the process of putting words onto a page and creating a beautiful book yeah. that will communicate to others, that will be in the hands of um, those that need to, to, to feel that, to be inspired. Yeah. What, what advice would you give? Uh, you know, it sounds corny, but you have to believe in yourself. And you have to get away from this attitude in the world that you're not a writer unless you're published. And I think that that's what stops people from writing because they're thinking, I may not right, be published. Snaps. I may never, <laughs> I may not even want to be published. And so they don't claim it. They will not claim being a writer. They will not claim being a poet. It literally took me 53 years to call myself a poet because I was stuck in that same realm. Like, well, how could you call yourself a poet or a writer? You've never been published and you're not recognized. And you know what? It's not about that because we are poets. We are all poets. We really are. We just convey it differently. Some of us convey it through words. Some of us convey it through dance. Some of it convey it through just who we are as human beings. And so I would just want to say, just claim it. Just say, I'm it. I'm a writer, and you're not telling me I'm not. I'm a poet. You're not telling me I'm not. You know? And, and that's, what, that's what I would tell people. <laughs> wow. Thank you. Thank you. Is there a way to get access to your yes. poetry? Well. <laughs> yeah. Let's you can call Buffalo Books and they will order them for you. So um, this book, they've had it before, so they may oh, have a couple okay. of copies. Yeah, I did my book launch there when I first came to Ithaca. So yeah. please go to Buffalo Street Books and get, let's see the book there, The Breath of a Tree, Poems, Letters, and Dreams by I.Peaches Gillette. And can I mention something? Yes, this, please. The title, The Breath of a Tree, came from 
when I lived in Brooklyn on the top floor, there was this enormous tree on the corner. And I kept looking at that tree out my window and thinking, how does a tree get that large? And, and it was just amazing to me. And I thought, and it has a million branches. And I thought, that's just like us. And we internally become larger. And we have all these branches and people that we are and things that we love to do. And so I gave the book this title, The Breath of a Tree. You better okay. speak, Peaches, okay? That is beautiful. I was just like, that was, that was awesome. <laughs> now, Pete, I got to ask everyone, when did you first fall in love with reading? You know, it's funny, because when I started falling in love with, with words, I was one of those kids that was like, what does that say? What is that word? What does that mean? All over the streets. Yeah. And then I started falling in love with the rhythm of words. Mm-hmm. And, and this may sound off the normal, but my mother, who was born in 1911, she had me when she was older, she only read about on a third grade level, and all she read was the Bible. And I remember reading the Bible thinking, my God, these people are great writers. (laughs) (laughs) I want to be one of those writers. So that's really where it came from. Thank you so much, Peaches. (laughs) Give it up for Peaches. You're very welcome. And you know what? I'm going to give a shout out. Something you said, Peaches, about um, um, really owning, you know, I, I am a poet. I am a writer. Um, it's something that I've learned um, through attending a writer's workshop, Kevin Powell. And the first thing he said is, if we're going to be on here, you need to acknowledge I am a writer. And, and yes, ownership and, and making it part of your identity. So thank you so much. What we got next, B? What we got next? I just want to give a shout out to my husband in the back with my little one. Oh, hey, Danny Jr. That's baby Dan. He's a second. Baby Dan and Dan. Aw, thanks for coming out. Thanks for the support, babe. Hey, B, let's, uh, a little segue. Did, did you watch Bridgerton? Girl. I, I, I was a little bit on my feels with Bridgerton with my dress. <laughs> Even though I need like a corset or something. Girl, I don't watch that show. You don't watch that? You no, better watch it. I've been it. watching Euphoria. Now, Euphoria's on another thing. We need to have teens on, the ne- on, on an episode. Because I want to know, is this really happening out here with the teens? Because we need to regulate. But... Um, <laughs> Um, uh, so Bridgerton, there's a lady, uh, what's her name? Whistle, whistle, whistle down. Lady whistle down. What would a lady whistle down in Ithaca sound like, look like? Like who wants to be a lady whistle down? Start handing it out. Cause there would be some juicy stuff. There's some stuff that happens out here. Lady whistle down. You gotta watch Bridgerton. It's, Girl, I'm it's lost. hot. I don't know what you're talking about. It's hot and spicy, and and there's a writer in there. So I'm just saying, yes. It's, it's kind of bougie. But. And there's some dope black people. <laughs> it's a little bougie for me. It is. So. It is bougie. They prep. They're very like. No, but they're bougie. But they be doing some crazy stuff. They're cute. Yeah, that's cute. <laughs> I'm take it. All right. So let's introduce our next guest. God, we got. We got. Hurry up. Oh, sorry, B. All right. So I'm just going to read this because I, I love how this was 
written and presented. So I'm just going to read it just as the writer, poet, presented it. Born white in a small town in the mid-50s, I was born a dyke to a mom who had Women's Day articles about how to raise a girl. She got a run for her money. I consider dyke my pronoun, seriously. I am also a partner, a mom, a grandparent, a painter, a poet, and an educator working for us all to be our whole selves. My hero is Audre Lorde. I also want to add that I have the pleasure to work with this person, and she is just amazing. She's an amazing community force. Um, so I would like to welcome to the stage Dr. Susan Eschbach. Yeah. Whoa, I can't see anybody. I guess it doesn't matter if I just see my words. <laughs> All right. Um, hi, everybody. I am um, unbelievably honored to be asked to be with this auspicious group. It's unbelievable. So I have three poems. They're not very long. This first poem's called Dyke Mama One. That implies there are other ones. <laughs> I cross the boundaries knowingly. It's part of the desire. Part of choosing freedom is finding the borders and crossing to the other side, the outside. I burst through the line of little girls' arms, hands held, chanting, Red Rover, Red Rover. I gather speed, head down, charge through, run to the playing fields beyond the, to hit the balls the boys throw, and choose the border one base further. I run out of bounds past white picket fences, past rice-strewn receiving lines, past creases forming polite smiles. I was proud, I walk proud, I walk proud, defiant, past lines of jeering faces. I look beyond the whiteness of the walls, beyond the sameness of the mirror, beyond safe knowledge, beyond carriage trails laid out on even ground, into the mountains, wilderness of rock and wildflower, of beauty carved by wind, water, gritty sand. The fear of the fall is the adventure. The risk is the same as freedom. On sturdy legs, on rocky ground, outside the cartographer's pen line, readying to cross another border tomorrow. I'll just keep going here. <laughs> All right. So um, when I was asked, to participate, and I understood the theme was about marginalization. Um, and I believe that uh, Ms. Peaches was introduced as working with incarcerated folks. Um, I spent quite a bit of time working with uh, young people, mostly young men of color, mostly black boys, who've been um, placed in residential facilities to help them change their behavior. Um, and uh, one of the jobs I had there was working with them as a, a group counselor in addition to some staff training. So I wrote, I wrote this poem for those boys. Creative genius. One, say you take the plastic filter tip off a cigarette. Say a Salem. 
Say you steal a lighter from staff, then you melt the filter tip. It softens, you flatten it. Say you rub it back and forth 300 times on a concrete sidewalk or a brick wall. Say you scrape it on one side, then another until you get a sharp point. Later in class, say you take the ink tube out of a bic. Maybe stick in a new sharp plastic blade. Say the kid on level B is in your face. Two, hey, if you take that motor out of a shaver, if you take the cartridge out of a pen, if you steal a needle from your cousin on a home visit, if you are in your room long enough, hey, you too can tattoo your customers and make some money here. Three, pay the nine-year-old for his duct tape, thumbtacks, shoved through, more tape, four tracks, wrist bracelet, watch your back. Four, my left desk drawer is an arsenal Confiscated weapons, homemade, handmade, each day we band-aid. Five, today I'll pull out the parade of tools of the trade, the products of unbelievable resourcefulness, the products of our most creative geniuses, the result of potent energy bent away from the sun. I'll hand them out in group. Ask them to analyze a better way, criticize a better way, theorize a better way to use the same mechanical engineering principles to help others and even themselves. And if they do it, I'll drive them to the patent office myself. And this last one, um, I think most folks can relate to, most women can relate to. It's called Yes, and it's for Sally. In that deep down hollow, under the gnarled roots and dampening moss, in the space between who we want to be and who we're afraid we are, in the place we hold the impossible posture, the image we are afraid others see, expect, demand, down in the fungus of not good enough, grows the tiniest hairy stems of maybe, thickening shoots of hope, a mini leaf of dew, and then a sprout to the sun of can and will and certainty, of curiosity and risk. Weathers of rain and snow and thunderstorm and calm and warmth grow us. And then we are strong and beautiful, intelligent and worthy, and then wise and totally enough. Thank you. more snaps yes I just want to say one thing Susan go ahead I feel like you need a record deal because I feel like you were spitting like you was like and I just yes, love it yes there was that there was a swag there I felt the swag I'm sorry I had to say that I appreciate having some <laughs> swag some days I feel swagless you know um I, I always gotta because I'm always I get real into it in, in my head with words. Um, Peach just said, you know, she loved words. I love words. words. Words are power. Words have been used, you know, to um, oppress. Words have been used to elevate. And, you know, I hope that our words continue to, to elevate, um, to, to make people pause. Um, so, um, you know, when you were talking about things that can relate to women, and there was that point of maybe. I kind of like perked up a little because I was like, yeah, you know, I've been there. Like that point where you're like, yes, I can. And yes, I'm a badass. 
you know? So that's that, that maybe, that seed that starts growing. So, um, so what inspires you? What takes you there to get you to the page, to write the words? What inspires you? Breath. <laughs> when I have a minute to breathe. And when I breathe, I, and then I center, and then I'm a person who also, um, I survive with words. And I have to write it and say it in order to understand my own thoughts. I can't just think them. They stay in there. I don't know what they are. Um, when I say them or write them, then I'm like grounded. And I uh, appreciate it again. Ms. Peach is saying we're all poets. Because at least I live with poet in here. So when I have a breath and a time and a pen, I'm ready. Mm. So, yeah. And I'm asking everyone this. Yeah, uh, yeah. When did you fall in love with reading? Uh, I think I always read, except I can't, I can't have always read, so um, I can't remember not reading. I remember reading when I was four, and I remember writing poetry when I was six. I actually have my six-year-old poem at home. It's wow. About a, it's about a duck. <laughs> But, um, and crying. But uh, I just, I don't know. I come from a family where they, they're never out of words. So <laughs> um, I just always had books. I always, and I had access. I had a library. I, my story was very similar in terms of being read to a lot and then riding my bike to the library and filling up my bag and over and over to the library. Thank God for libraries. We didn't have a bookstore in our town, but also thank God for Buffalo Street Books. Yes, Buffalo Street Books. Yes. Now, what? what Buy advice, there. Buy there. What advice would you give to those early writers, poets? That was my question. Readers, okay. my fault, B. I'm go. over here Change hogging the mic, yo. Go oh. ahead, B. You better check me. Go ahead. Checkmate. Check me. Check me. Look at my eyes. <laughs> I know. <she's laughs> no, I was gonna say. Um, she interrupted me. I was supposed to say that. Um, <laughs> What yeah. advice would you give upcoming writers or poets? Well, um, breathe. <laughs> I really think that we get all caught up in like, I can't write, I don't know how to write, or I don't know what writing is, or I'm not a writer, or blah, blah, blah. And I think breathe and then do it. And then you're a writer. And we do think, oh, quality writing, not quality writing, published writing, blah, blah, blah. And if you have it, if you're a person who feels like writing something down, then you're a writer. Because a lot of people don't feel like writing anything down. So if you feel like it, you are it. If you want to get better at it, do it all the time. If you want to get better at writing as a poet or uh, other writer, read poets and read other writers. Talk to poets, listen to poets, try it out, keep going, go to workshops, and just dive in. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Susan. Yo, y'all getting your drinks out there? I've been enjoying a Kentucky Mule. Shout out to Kentucky Mules. And shout out to Kentucky Derby. I don't really know what that is, but <laughs> I heard it's something with the horses and Kentucky and nice hats. And boots. Who's going to the Kentucky Derby? Y'all know? Anna, you got some good boots. I saw your shiny <laughs> boot, your... You do have good boots. I saw them. Kentucky Derby. I did hear it's coming up, though. So one day I just want to rock a nice hat in the Kentucky Derby. 
So get y'all Kentucky mules, because Ashley be hooking it up over there. Woo-woo, yes. shout out. All right, so. Bye, baby Dan. <laughs> Hi, baby Dan. Aw. Now, baby Dan had a cute picture of him reading. Uh, Being, yes. yes. You have a lot of books for baby oh, yes. Dan. He's going to start reading a dictionary. Every last <laughs> word. He's going to be a genius. Early exposure, access. Yes. That's where it's at. Mm-hmm. Open the world up of words. <laughs> so let's introduce our next guest. All right. Moving along. Oh, geez. Hi, baby Dan. What's going on? You Would ready you? to say something? What you want to say? Ah, you're uh, so cute. Hello. Say hi. What you... Oh, you don't recognize me? I'm cute? <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's all right. He's I'm like, mommy, <laughs> wow. <laughs> all right. Bye-bye. Aww. Okay. So our next guest. Uh-oh. So Monique Flynn is a storyteller, poet, interdisciplinary artist, and educator from Ithaca, New York. As a descendant of Cayuga people who have been sustained by Turtle Island since time immoral and Irish settlers, Monique advocates for the braiding but not blending of indigenous and Western ways of knowing and being. Her work focuses on identity, culture, class, gender, representation, resistance, resilience, truth, and reconciliation, sorry. Reconciliation. I should have been hooked on phonics, seriously. (laughs) Through her work, Monique hopes to contribute to further opportunities for critical thinking, systemic change, and collective healing within the greater Ithaca community. While she has shared her work at art and spoken words events within the Northeast of of the U.S. and in Vancouver, British Columbia, tonight is her time, her first time sharing her work home in Ithaca. First time. Mm-hmm. So, Monique, can you come yes, up? Yes, Monique. <clears throat> I'm hoping this mic isn't going to bug out on me like it was. Is it going to bug out on me? For people who can't see, they got tall chairs for short people. <laughs> Thank you. Hi. I'm really uh, happy to be here. I'm going to share uh, two pieces. The first is a spoken word poem, and the second is a prose piece that I've never shared publicly that responds to the spoken word poem. And the name of this is The Women in This Room. I wrote this a few years ago, very far from home. They say home is where the heart is. My home is 2,200 miles away, the water of Cayuga Lake, the place where the story of my ancestors began. I was raised on stolen land. I don't talk about water because I can't, but I talk about women because I should. The women in this room have taught me a thing or two. One speaks a language I don't understand, but there's a fire in her eyes that I recognize. It says, don't you dare try to box me inside. She rejects institutions and reminds me that I've lost touch with what once mattered the most. I don't talk about water because I can't but I talk about women because I should. Earlier this fall, another struck a nerve. 
She carries the burden of a woman who knows too much for her own good. She pushes through her grief and honors the truth to speak of the indigenous people who call this land home, but lost it to the hands of white folks. I don't talk about water because I can't, but I talk about women because I should. Another says, I see you, survivor. She teaches me that in this place of isolation and grief, there is still a chance for possibilities. A knowing without knowing that is called sisterhood. She creates a space where I feel safe and understood. I don't talk about water because I can't, but I talk about women because I should. And so, about a year after writing that piece, I was standing in solidarity with Wet'suwet'en water protectors in Vancouver, BC, very far from home, and figured out how to talk about why I have a hard time talking about water. And, uh, oh, I can see how folks are having a hard time with the lighting. Oh my god. Okay, so I've never shared this one publicly. I'm mad nervous, but um, also blind, apparently. But we're gonna, this is going to be fine. Maybe I'll stand because I'm so nervous. Oh, that's very nice. Thank you. Okay. This is, so this is not a poem. It's prose. My God. I am submerged beneath the water, except for my mouth, surrounded by cool porcelain and quiet, the warm water soothing the weight that sits beneath my eyelids. In the still, I hear my heartbeat, a vibration that comes through strongest when I am underwater. The message in this resonates with me deeply. I roll over, my skin touching porcelain, while the water makes way for my shifting body. I think about the connection between water and women, both making room for change, sometimes gracefully, sometimes through a storm. We hold strong and shift all at once, a delicate dance that speaks to our core strength. In these quiet moments, I am able to draw unnecessary connections between the past and present. I turn back over, lift my legs out of the water, rest my toes up high on the shower wall. I see the way my body has taken a similar shape to the women I am made of. This knowing is sweet and sour as I am made up of all that was left of the undoing of the women who came before me. The sweetness and that I live to tell their stories the sour in that it's not that they didn't live to tell their stories, it's just that survival taught them to be quiet. But I survived in a different kind of way. When I broke, I opened my mouth and all the women before me poured out. I sit up in the bathtub, creating a small wave that crashes against porcelain. I tried to, I tried to contain the flood, but I am reminded that water and women are the same and there is no stopping a dam breaking open of damned women. I turn on the faucet for more hot water, the warmth slowly surrounding me, demanding my attention like the women in my blood. Through my veins runs the lessons of the past, labels inflicted on generations of women to hold us back, rules made to maintain order. But what happens when the labels don't hold? What happens when the rules don't apply? My legs drop down back to the water, making a hard splash, the same kind I make every time I open my mouth. I roll over onto my belly, open my lips, let the water fill my mouth. I think about hard lessons learned in vulnerability. What we are taught as women, how we will lose our bodies in the battle with power, how they take what, you, how they, take what they want and all we can do is spit, even when there is no spitting allowed. 
We, rec we reclaim battles lost in silence. I open my mouth to let the water back out. I feel the release of the pressure from holding. I think of the working poor women who came before me, the ones who broke under the pressure of learning. We can exist, but under their terms. I take a deep breath and go back underwater. I try to relax, but I feel the weight of knowing history was not on our side. The poor, the Irish, the indigenous, women born in a mix of love and war. I run my fingers through my wet hair, a thick mess of a mixed and complicated history that has produced one hell of a woman I see before me. I bring my mouth back to the surface, take in the cool air through my lips. I let go of thoughts of lessons learned and instead focus on my resilience, a delicate dance between learning and healing from trauma, a delicate dance between warm water and wet skin, reminding me that water and women are the same. <laughs> Thank you. Monique, you all made me cry over here. I'm sorry about that. that I should have given you a little warning there. Give it up for Monique. That was good. Now, Monique, you memorize that first poem. Um, that's my goal. <laughs> I just want to say that. So, like, much respect. Kudos, I, yeah. So what I've done when I've uh, performed spoken word and, and, and like I've done competitions is record myself speaking, you know, reading my work, and then instead of like enjoying music when I'm traveling or on the bus, listening to myself. <laughs> Which isn't, you know, it's not that fun, but it's a way to <laughs> like memorize your work, you know? Yeah, do you find, do you, do you, is there a rhythm that you get into? Like, how do you stay on track? I, I have a cadence. I try to break cadence. it. I've gotten feedback from friends that don't like it. I like <laughs> it. <laughs> but, you know, it is what, it, you know, it's, it's, it's mine. Yes, it's mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was dope. Thank you. I don't know. I just think that was an awesome way to express how women should be strong and stay strong and how we're, you know, kind of pushed back in the spotlight at times and and just kind of just kind of push forward. I like that. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what inspires you? Truth tellers, uh, the strength of the human spirit, um, the strength of our community, the th our, the people's like the um, the ability to uh, rise above and uh, to exist despite every attempt to erase, which I feel like is not mine, um, that sentence, and, um, and art and music and musicians and dancers and our youth and, and the strength of our youth and the intelligence and bravery and courage of our youth and our community. So what inspires you to um, be a dope girl? <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> was that, well, that, thank you. That was thank just you. the first thing that came to mind. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you. Um, and also, you know, as we um, have uh, audience listening, audience is listening on, on the podcast and our audience out here, um, give us some, what's some good advice that keeps you, uh, keeps you writing um, what's some advice out there for people that are developing their, their writing, want to hit that, you know, spoken word, performative stage? What's some advice you would give? I would say take risks. I would say 
um, speak your truth. I would say it's okay to it's it's okay to make mistakes. I was up here shaking the whole time. It doesn't matter how many times I've done this. I shake every time. Um, I would say, don't doubt yourself and believe in yourself because your stories and your words may be the key to unlock someone's prison. So, do you have any like um, like work you're still working on that's unfinished or that you want to put out there? Yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, what's, what's next for Monique? Yeah. I've actually just come home after 16, almost 17 years away. Uh, Welcome To back. answer the questions for myself on many levels to finish my body of writing. And so I'm very excited to be on that journey. Great, great. So how can we find you? How can we keep, um, you know, uh, 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 follow you? Um, and also we'll put this in our show notes contact info for all our, our performers, writers, poets. Um, but yeah, tell us, do you have um, social media? What's, how can we... So I, I don't have a website. I don't use social media a lot. I am a woman of the community. I'm here. Okay. You know? Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> why, you know what? Hey. You're looking for me. You know? I'm, on the sh- I'm on the corner right there. <laughs> That's for real. Yeah, yeah. And wait, wait, wait. That's cool. What? Okay. Sure. When did you first fall in love with reading? You know, I was like, thinking that question was interesting, and I was going to try not to, like, start. But, you know, um, my relationship to reading and my relationship to writing were different. I fell in love with stories, but I definitely struggled with reading when I was Mm. younger. And our education system does not actually educate nor support uh, children, depending on the background, depending on the the privilege. and I now work in the system, and in, in, well, I work fighting the system because of that, because you have so many brilliant young people who are told that they are not brilliant young people. Um, so I wanted to say that when you asked that about reading, because my relationship to reading was a real struggle, and I used to actually be terrified and, uh, to read in, in, you know, in public or in front of anyone, um, much more than just being nervous about sharing my own work. But my relationship to writing, writing found me. I didn't have a choice. I was little. I was writing poetry. I was telling stories. It was a way to express passion and intellect and ideas and truth. Um, and I always find my way home to it. That was a little bit of a different, I would say, a different relationship. Thank you. Yeah. Shout Give it up for, for Monique. And welcome back, Monique, to Ithaca. I'm not from Ithaca, but I'm going to welcome her back because that's where I be right now. What you got to say, Gladira? I was just thinking about the first time I got on the stage to um, read a a poem of mine. I just want to share that. My page ripped. So when Monique was saying she was nervous, like the page ripped that I was holding. So that was my first experience on the mic reading some of my work because, you know, sharing your work, the work that you write is so intimate. So I appreciate y'all coming out here and being vulnerable with us, being in the space. Thank y'all. Yes. Yes. So let's, let's introduce our next guest. I'm really excited. All right. So we got Dr. Nia Nunn wears multiple head wraps as a mother, artist, educator, speaker, activist, and community leader. Her black consciousness work centers on anti-racist and abolitionist frameworks that honors a black femme oral and visual tradition. She is committed to teaching and engaging audiences creatively, intensely, 
and gracefully. Come on up, Dr. Nia Nunn. All right. I was kind of excited to see what the light was like. So I get, I get, I get it now. I get it. Um, wonderful. I'm, ex I'm excited to read this. Um, I wrote it in 2020, November, and hadn't read it in a while and decided last night that I would handwrite it again. And so I feel differently connected to it. I'm excited. All right. So uh, this is called For My People, For My People. This is for my people committed to a culture of healing, ongoing spiritual awakenings, truth in self-discovery. For my people pressed up early morning rise, deep in pigeon poses that sexy vinyasa, pyramid savasana release. Inhale, lift, exhale, twist. Go deeper, even if just a sip. For my people indulging in pleasures, delicious tastes, glorious touch. For my people loved, unloved, seen, unseen, captured, and released. For my people grounded, resilient, gifted with an abundance of joy. For my people who can entertain themselves, alone time, never lonely, thank you goddesses. For my people embracing their imperfections, confronting and owning flaws, from stretch marks to perceived to be naughty choices. For my people, the adorable black girl, curious, quirky, inquisitive, hungry for learning, teaching, learning, teaching, low-key, high-key nerdgasms over and over and over again. For my people, deemed so articulate, both tokenized and despised, feared yet fetishized, a representative, unique, appetizing isolation. This is for my people, committed to a culture of healing, ongoing spiritual awakenings, truth in self-discovery. For my people no longer concerned with proving her worth. For my people respectfully no longer demanding a seat at the table or bringing folding chairs. Instead, this is for my people building their own damn tables. For my people who know their value, even if sometimes her behavior says otherwise. For my people overzealous, overachieving, binge eating innovative ideas and skipping meals, creative juices overflowing, executive functioning out of whack, answers unknowing, ugh, forgive me for the delay. This is for my people, committed to a culture of healing, ongoing spiritual awakenings, truth in self-discovery. This is for my people, eager to confront and release all the insecurities, the traumas, the fears, illusions of barriers, no longer to be driven or scared away. For my people who just need a reminder that they are already free, liberated and with a plethora of soul knowledge, Nurturing spiritual release, let the universe do its thing. For my people discovering their roots, their center, their core. For my people who love to be black, who love blackness religiously, rebelliously, and effortlessly. African-centered explorations, dual citizenship aspirations remain and never lost. Sankofa bird, ancestors speak. 
This is for my people who need to just listen. For my people determined to claim their place and their space in the future. For my people ready to boss up. For my people who need to just stop playing and glow up. Live with intention, age with grace, a deeper beauty, purpose. This is for my people committed to a culture of healing, ongoing spiritual awakenings, truth and self-discovery. This is for my people. Thank you so much. Yes. Oh my God, it is so great to have you here. Thank you for the invitation. Oh, it you know is what? a joy. I've, I've been waiting to tell you something. What's that? The last time I saw you, you asked me a real important question. You said, where are you finding joy? Yeah. And that has stuck with me. Oh, thank Cause you. Because I'm like, what? It's my that, favorite question. Yes. And that had me thinking, like, where am I finding joy? So I, I thank you. When you read that poem for my people, it's like, that was a connection yes. of saying, you know, like, let's live in purpose. That's it. So, so thank you so much. Thank you. Give it up Thanks. for Nia Nunn, yes. Dr. Nia Nunn. Yes. Now, what inspires you to write? Oh, my goodness. Oh, I've been so excited listening to everybody's answers. Let's see. My ancestors, right? The elders that have guided me in many ways. And then I would bring it all the way down to the itty-bitty people. I remain inspired by, I speak about, you know, pre-K to third grade, those, but um, yes, yes, little people, and as they're discovering words and discovering their value, um, that's my favorite, and that, that really inspires me with writing. So do you have any work that you're still working on? Yes, actually, yeah, I'm, I'm doing an, another little show tonight, a little bit later, and I'll be sharing some old stuff. Okay. Um, and I'm working on a few new pieces. Actually, next week, I'm working on a piece in honor of Mr. Kirby Edmonds, who yes. passed away a couple years ago. Um, and then uh, a piece on Mother's Day. Um, one of my friends, Tahila, um, she has her own organization, powerful indigenous woman in this community. And on Mother's Day, they have an event at South Hill Cider. So I am I'm writing for that as well. Oh nice. Oh, nice. Yes. When um so it's on Mother's Day, South yes. Hill Cider. Mm -hmm. All right. Well thank you. Shout so out to South Hill Cider. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes, right. I mean like for real. <laughs> and yet when did you fall in love with reading? Oh gosh, I've been so excited <laughs> about this question, especially because there's folks in the audience that will completely dig this. Um I I mean I was a struggling reader, very much so. I'm a slow reader. Um, I was that child that couldn't quite sit still. Um, I remember my parents like navigating dynamics with the kindergarten teacher who said that I may need to repeat. Um, and then they met, met Denise Lee, who was my first grade teacher. Oh my gosh, who shout said, out to Miss Lee. Who said she oh. will not repeat kindergarten, bring her to me. Um, she just needs to do some cartwheels every once in a while, and so, you know, <laughs> she would let me. Um, but both, you know, I just shout out to Denise Lee, as my, was my first grade teacher, um, and uh, Miss Millie Clark Maynard was my second grade teacher. But it was my third grade teacher, Marty Kaminsky, okay? Mm. And we had, I'll never forget it, it's golden, we had a program, and it was called Beauty and the Beast. And it was at that time we were all had to um, read a short story and we had to memorize it. And then we had to perform it. Wow. And it was over after that. 
Like once I got to tell this really scary story and I just remember the moment that like the audience started to lean in. I was like, oh shit, I like this. <laughs> um, and it was over after that. I love, I love reading. I love storytelling. And that was what Denise Lee did for me in first grade. So I was a slower reader. So she taught me how to like perform my reading. You know, Denise Lee, that's how we communicate, right? Um, so that was really transformative. And I've loved reading ever since I learned how to perform reading. So. Wow, that's awesome. That's relationship. So where can we find your, your work? Do you have yes, a social media? I do. I have a website, drneanun.com. And, you know, check me out at drneanun on the Instagram. I still call it the Instagram because I'm new to it. <laughs> um, but, but definitely in those, in those places, you can look me up by my name. Yes. Thank you, Dr. And what's, um, what's one quick mm -hmm. advice you would give to, mm -hmm. to people looking to, you know, um, really, really shine in their writing? Yes, I would say welcome a mess, right? Make a mess, mess of ideas, circumstances that are going on in your life. If it's on uh, lined paper or no lines or post-its. I'm a huge fan of post-its. Oh, I love post-its. Just keeping track of just ideas. I'm also a researcher, right? And so I believe in autoethnographies and how we are data. Data is constantly all around us. And so I'm a huge fan of, of research that's healing. And some of that is about like keeping track of random ideas and feelings as they come. And then you can get linear with it a whole nother time. But like, make a mess. So that's my Thank advice. you so much, Nia. Give it up for Dr. Yes. Shout out, Dr. And, and I, too, love Bridgerton. Um, so Girl, it's I, spicy. Y'all yeah, need to check it out. I mean, you can take a little bougie every once in a while. Bougie. Like, it's okay. It's okay, though. No, it's, it's some bougie, bougie hotness. You got to see it. Is. It's really sexy. <laughs> I guess. As I'm, I'll watch it. <laughs> I'm going to project my Bridgerton right there, now. Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. Thank You're you welcome. so much. How y'all feeling out there? Hey, we got this zine fest going on. Um, if you look over to the side, there's some awesome zines, creativity, self-publishing. Shout out to zines. Oh, yeah, so free. you can so you can check them sorry. out if you want to support some of these um, uh, self-publishing writers producing zines. Um, check them out. Support. Yes. Oh my God, I'm feeling inspired. I need to just. Yeah. Are you are you gonna share something? I got something to share. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know. You I might um, as well. Yeah. I have some unfinished. How many of y'all like start something and just leave it, and then you know I have some things that that are kind of like halfway there, but there's one that I want to share. You know, there's I have two. Can I share two, yeah. Mr. Yeah. Producer? I am, this is how I would introduce myself. I'm an Afro-Boricua, um, a mother. Um, I love education, you know, like um, knowledge is power, words are power. Um, and so I kind of float in that realm, you know, and uplifting. I love, you know, all, all of y'all out here, it's like um, the people business. I love the people business. I love dealing with the earthlings, as Nikki Giovanni said. <laughs> um, yeah, so this, this uh, poem is called Pink. And for those of you who know me, I love pink. 
Oh, you are so vibrant, so me. You shine sweetness with a side of strawberry, mushed up all entwined in your beautiful hue. I find you laced in the smoothness of the sky, in between the endings of a day before the sun lays its head and sinks away. I find you cuddled inside the beautiful coral and stuck in the shells bare inside. Not blushed are you, but soft, when that is the need, and bold, fuciously fierce, when poked or made to be the vibrance that stands out amongst the cold, so that those who lay their eyes upon you can be awoke, awoken to life. That is what you sigh, spit banter, and reply to the muted, subdued, Scared to come outside, vibes. All right, and this one, um, I'm sharing. I'm, I'm gonna be a little vulnerable here um, because this, this piece I've been wrestling with, but for some reason it needs to come out. Um, and so, yeah, just bear with me here. <laughs> Abuse no longer comes to me, knocks on my door, creeps in and under my sheets, strips me of my worth, next day butter me up with treats and rides to all the stores that can buy them silence, keep me from yelling, I ain't your whore. Abuse no longer comes to me, got tired of my when I ain't smile no more, when I could no longer be submissive to his wants and needs like it was a devoted chore. Abuse no, no longer comes to me, but now I know nothing more. So I seek to be abused once more. And I'm gonna leave it there. That, that one, I'm, I'm wrestling with, like I said. Oops, I'm wrestling with that one, but it needed to come out so I can, I can get to the next page on that one. All right. How y'all feeling out there? Sorry to be all heavy, but like I said, yeah. Kind of like an artistry thing. I was like, I need to put that out there because um, I need to finish that one. So what inspires you, Gladira, to write? Because you're, you're a poet, and you've been doing this thing for a while. Yeah. So. I, I feel like I've had some experiences in my life where my voice has been, um, my voice has been quieted. You know, like, um, I was a shy child. I, w I was raised um, in this kind of household of, like, um, be seen and not heard. And, you know, as I, I've gotten older, I've grown as, as a woman, you know, like, what, what is it to be, a, you know, a good woman? There's no such thing. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and also, in, yeah, in, 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 um, as, I've, as I've become a stronger woman, um, a mother, like, really letting my voice be heard, um, really uh, representing and bringing out into light um, what... Uh, what, first of all, what I need to let go. Um, I use you know, writing as a, as a healing. Uh, and also you know, to continue like, uh, providing a platform, even if it's just in my notebook. 
you know. So that's what inspires me. Yeah. Yeah. Give it up for Glazira. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have any advice for people out there oh to, to just get out there you know like be vulnerable um because that's how we grow mm-hmm. you know and i asked you know i asked a question of um you know i asked everyone when do they fall in love with reading and i asked that question because i feel like without reading you know, we've all come in contact with those words that once said, oh, man, you know, I want to write my own words. And I remember, like, you know, it's, it's uh, uh, maybe not a good example, but, like, I loved reading, like, the Babysitter's Club and, like, what all the, you know, girls were going through. Yeah. Yeah. And some of them, they didn't fit into, like, you know, the um, socially constructed uh, you know, norms, and they were talking about that, um, but they were still babysitters and doing their thing. So, um, yeah, it, it was that 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 opened me up. So, snap, snap, snap. Yes! <laughs> oh my God, I love this. Well, guys, I'm not a poet or a writer, so I I congratulate all of you guys for for doing your thing. Um, this was awesome. I'm glad you guys could come out and be a part of this event. Yeah. Well, once again, please go visit Buffalo Street Books. Check out our podcast, speakyourmindsis.com. You can listen to it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. There's everything. On YouTube. We got it everywhere. So there's no excuse is what I'm saying. Yes. So pull up your phone right now. <laughs> and and um, also subscribe so you get updates. Yeah, so we're going to come to a close and enjoy y'all company, um, get some drinks, you know, get, um, play some music. Mr. Producer, Mr. Engineer. Hey, Mr. DJ, you can get the party. Everybody ready to party. All night, all night. <laughs> hey, <laughs> yeah, so episode five. Speak your mind, sis. All right. Bye, guys. <laughs> how, we, how we did. How we did. So All right. <laughs>Speak Your Mind, Sis is recorded in Ithaca, New York, and is produced and edited by DJ Hameen. Theme music was composed by JD Beats. Wherever you listen to your podcasts, please remember to subscribe. Our contact information and social media links are in the show notes. Please reach out and connect with us. Peace.